Welcome to Intro to Extroverts. I'm your host, Austin Willman. Sometimes it's hard to get yourself noticed in your company or organization, especially if you're new or if you're just young. How do you start growing a reputation for yourself and become respectable without waiting to get your seniority? Often when we try and create a professional persona, there seems to be a stigma of taking yourself too seriously. Especially in government or academic organizations, it's easy to feel the pressure to get things done right and hold back in fear of making a mistake in front of powerful people. So how do we get out there and put our best foot forward in new territory to start gaining street cred if we aren't sure we can succeed? In today's episode, I have a conversation with my friend Bryce Riggs. He's the Assistant Director of Development at Tiffin University. He's only 25 years old, but he's definitely made a name for himself as a doer in the community. We discuss what makes him successful and memorable when meeting people in all kinds of industries, how his use of humor and positive energy allows people to be more comfortable in sharing their stories with them, and how to get noticed when you feel unimportant in your organization. Some good takeaways here, especially if you feel like you're sharpening your axe too much and not taking enough swings. Bryce is a great example of someone who says yes to a new opportunity or challenge, even if he doesn't know what's in store for him at the end. And how can it be better to be seen as hardworking and failing than not to be seen at all? I definitely had fun on this episode, and I hope you enjoy. So were you were you always like super outgoing as a as a kid in high school? I mean, were you like what was your personality in high school? Like the class clown or like the super serious one? No, for sure. I think I the biggest thing is a high school student. I was a class clown, but I think a lot of it was you know guy. I thought was I thought I was pretty witty and I thought I was kind of smart, but I really didn't put a lot of effort into the classroom. I was kind of a guy didn't really connect with a lot of people. I connect with a lot of people, not really a lot of people really deep um and so that was a, a big thing for me is i was kind of didn't really have a clique didn't really have a group just kind of my own person doing my own thing kind of hang with everyone i was the guy that walked the hot, down the hallway and said what's up to everyone <laughs> just because you know i don't i'm not really a judgmental person i am so not but i'm not <laughs> really so I, you know, everyone's got you know a pretty cool story to tell and that's really where i like you know talk with people is hearing their story and so you know throughout high school and, and whatnot I'm just gonna connect with people. Yeah, I feel the same way too, man. I was, I, was, I kind of didn't really have a click in high school, but I was, I was the person who knew everybody, but I didn't know really deeply about. Like, I didn't really associate with one group. I could just as easily hang out with the the football team and then flip over and be the band geek, and then go out after school and hang out with a completely different group who was like, you know, doing skateboarding and all that kind of stuff. Um, so did did you find that those diverse connections and just being able to kind of have like a, a lighter personality that helped you in, in networking into the, the position you're in right now. Yeah, really. I think that's helped a lot. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, your experience, people, the experience that people have with you. Uh, so if you're kind of able to flow and have a great conversation and really kind of come in with an open mind, I think people remember that. And when you have conversations down the line, I think the biggest thing for me really is, when I do connect with people, I don't forget, don't forget your name. I don't forget, you know, kind of your story. And that's been always been crucial for me uh, is when I have that relationship and connection with somebody, what they do tell me, it might be only like a five second talk or a five minute talk, right? I try to remember most of it and I kind of store it away. And so when the next time I go to talk to them or talk to that person, I'm not, you know, I'm restarting that conversation and kind of breaking the ice on the, on the second conversation we have i think that's big for me as i think it shows to people that you care and for me that's the biggest thing i like to hear, hear people's stories 
Do you have any like sort of tactics or anything or like things that you think about when you're remembering somebody's name or like you said, the story, do you kind of like connect a story with a name? I know a lot of people have that, that trouble, like, man, I can't remember names. Like I can remember a face or people just remember like segments of things. Is there anything that you've like noticed about yourself of how you get good at that? So when I first started, I was awful, 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 <laughs> remembering names. And, you know, as we're I'm out more speaking to different people and connecting with more people, I kind of one day clicked and said, oh, my God, I know all these people. I know their stories. I know what car they drive. I know where they live. I know their kids. <laughs> I'm a creeper, but I don't know their names. And really from there um, – I feel when I, you know, with networking and connecting with people, you almost get, I almost get kind of like a high uh, where I kind of jump the name piece of it and try to get more, you know, into that story about that person. And so for me, I think a lot of it's slowing down and being able to have that conversation. And, and so when they do say their name, I, okay, maybe I'll say, oh, you know, oh, how'd you get your name? Or I'll say some way. And, and sometimes I just kind of the face aspect of it. So remembering the face or remembering somehow that, you know, with a name, but really I think the biggest thing for me was just bringing it down, slowing it down and, and not going too much into the story right away. And, uh, you know, kind of with breaking ice, making sure that was a worthwhile conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, <laughs> I think it was funny. You're like, yeah, I know everything about these people. Um, but sometimes like, even when we are remembering a name, I think it's a great point you bring up to like slow things down and, not be too focused on like what we're going to say next or, you know, we're trying to connect with the story and we're trying to connect with that person. But oftentimes we're meeting them in like a social environment or where there's a lot of other people, you might have a different agenda on your mind. And it's, it's, it's uh, good to slow all that stuff down. Um, What do you, (laughs) what do you do if you know somebody, you know what kind of car they drive their kids and all that stuff and you're blanking on their name? Yeah, and you know you have to maybe introduce them to somebody. Or so not gonna lie, uh, fight or flight. I usually take off. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Boeing, right? So uh, I think an interesting story that I recently had is uh, someone I worked with TFT University, Donna Frank. She said, "Oh, you know my son," and and I'm like, "Ah, no, I don't know your son." <laughs> um, and she was saying, she, "Oh yeah, you know him, you know him." And my son texted me and said he was sitting next to you at a thing. And I'm like, All right, I still don't know who they are. Finally, I clicked and I said, "Oh my God, Donna, yeah, I know your son." He moved in this person's house. His wife does this. He works at National. And I went through. They drive this car. And I was really creepy. But I'm like, <laughs> wow. And it so finally clicked for me. So I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I show my hand pretty bad when I don't know your name. Um, I kind of give you that. I kind of My nonverbal skills aren't, aren't the best. I kind of give you that. The eyebrow raise like, oh, my God. I know who you are. But I don't know who you are. But I know this. I know that. So, you know, sometimes I make it a joke, really. Um, I'll say, hey, I know you drive a blue Civic and your license plate's G- GFL too, blah, 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 <laughs> creepy, right? But basically, and then you said, but I forget your freaking name. And then they'll say, oh, like, they'll think it's funny. And then they kind of say their name. Uh, the other day, um, someone was joking and said that, you know, I a uh, heck of a memory when it came to names and stories and whatnot. I was at the YMCA on Sunday and this girl walked up to me. I just met for the Tiffin Community Foundation, the Youth Advisory Committee, um, and she said, Bryce, how's it going? I said, great. She said, do you remember who I am? I was like, God oh, bless. The worst. I, said, <laughs> I was like, you got me. I hate when people do that to me. Hey, do you remember who I am? And I said, no, what you go to Old Fort. Um, you know, you hang out with Mr. Anway every day. You do post saying dirty, you know, at, at your school and this and this. Literally, I know her life story. I said, oh, my God. She said, 
you know, I decided, you know, get you off. So I, the worst is when people say, you don't know my name. Or I was at the, you know, the YMCA again the other day and I was introducing my dad to somebody and I kind of like, hey, dad, this is so-and-so. But of course, I didn't know. And I kind of like pretended like I didn't want to introduce her to my dad. But that was it's just terrible. That's one of my, my biggest issues is that. When I do don't when I don't know your name, you'll know that I don't know your name because I'll call you him, her. <laughs> it, I'll give you every pronoun I possibly can, except for your name, and then uh, usually call me out on it. But it's pretty rough. <laughs> no, I think that's funny that you that you use humor to like kind of bring light to the situation. I think that's really important, and and that's something that I had mentioned in a previous episode is like confidence comes from humor, and it's like it's hard to be confident if you don't see the world in a in a humorous light. What happens when somebody doesn't know your name and they should? <laughs> like, is that something that you like introduce yourself right away, no matter what? So I, I mean, I'd say um, generally I try to introduce myself every time. Every time, you know, somebody I'm like, ah, oh, that's questionable, blah blah blah. So I just try to say I introduce myself. But if I've known you a couple of times, I just assume you know my name. If not, you know, you'll maybe ask somebody. But I'm. For my situation, because I know when I get caught in a bad, when someone's like, oh, I don't remember that person's name, <laughs> I try to introduce myself. It really, I think for me and kind of the how I go about it, the humor piece is I say it's only awkward if you make it awkward. Mm-hmm. So if you, mm-hmm. you laugh a little bit, you do hee hee, ha ha, um, <laughs> and you say, damn, I don't know your name. Uh, usually, generally, uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's not as awkward if I said, oh, I don't know your name. Right, um, right. So You're putting yourself in the yeah. room. We did a young professional event last year and it was Kaylee Shannon. He was now on our board. And I remember like, I couldn't remember her name. Just couldn't memorize. I was kind of like Callie, Kaylee, everything <laughs> possibly can. And like, it was terrible. Cause every like 10 minutes, someone would point to me and say, Hey, what's her name? Like in front of her. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is brutal. That's one person's name. I'll never forget Kaylee for listening. Just now I'll never forget your name, but it was the most embarrassing thing I've had happen in a long time where I say, Hey, what's her name? They're like, Oh my gosh, I just forgot it again. <laughs> Uh, and I can remember where we were at, who was by me, but yeah, um, I try to introduce myself as much as possible just because I, you know, one of those things, if you're caught in the awkward situation, you want someone to be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and you're like, okay, great. Or a fresher. Um, right. Right. If I don't catch it the first time. <laughs> and I think that's, that's funny to like bring humor to like your own situation. Like, ah, uh, that's, that's me. But like everybody else is probably feeling just as awkward and they know, like, as soon as we get this issue resolved of like whoever doesn't know the other person's name, like everybody's going to feel a lot more comfortable. <laughs> it's, it's for sure a barrier. Sometimes like, I mean, I've been in situations where I talked to somebody for like 10 solid minutes. I'm thinking to myself, my God, I don't even know who you are. Right. I'm like sitting there and it's like on the back of my head, like the whole time I'm continuing the conversation with, you know, so-and-so and, and the whole time I'm thinking, yep, still don't know who you are still. And I'm like hoping They'll give me a context clue along the way. I'll say, oh, and then I'll be able to associate that person to maybe an experience, a situation, or another person that I know. And I can say, oh, now I know why you're familiar to me. Now I know why this. Uh, I was bell ringing at Walmart for Salvation Army on Saturday for a couple hours. And mm-hmm. somebody came up to me, like, tugged on my sweatshirt. I was really creeped out by it first. Was it, but a, was it a child? No, it was a, <laughs> a woman. And I was just like, gosh. And then she was like, telling me things. And I was just like, this woman knows way too much about me. I don't, and this is happened very often. Like, who, who is she? And I like was so embarrassed because she knew so much about me oh, I uh, that. that I was like, I'm not gonna ask her. Like, hey, yo, what's your name? Um, because it was like, oh, I didn't realize this and that, and I didn't realize it. And she was kind of like 
and it touched on some family and some friends. And I'm just like, mm. some little time, like, damn, this is deep. <laughs> She's too far in. I can't even like back yeah. out and say like, and your name is. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It's almost like going to a family reunion where you meet your first cousin. You're like, who are you again? Yeah, for sure. So she- Scary, like she's my whole life story basically. Except yeah. I didn't know her name, so it was like, ah, oh, man, this is so. That's one, you know, one time I just like smiled and kind of rolled through it. But you know, most mm-hmm. times, generally, I try to take a step back and figure out the name before I, you know, go too much far into a conversation because, of course, it just kind of like thinks like, oh my god, who is this? <laughs> a couple things that that I do if I can't remember somebody's name, I'm like looking around and. Have, I'm like trying to find any excuse for me to introduce someone that I do know their name, introduce them to the person that I don't know. Like, Hey, this person that I don't know, this is my friend Bryce. And then if anybody's listening right now on this podcast, this is something that you need to adapt and be a good friend. If your friend introduces you to someone by name and they don't mention their name, it is your job to ask their name because like, Hey, this is my friend Bryce. And then I like extend my hand and say, meet my friend, and then Bryce has to say, hey, nice to meet you. What was your name? Like, that's the, the classic cop-out, and it's not awkward. Um, you just have to be, you know, taking responsibility to, like, jump in there and know that I'm going to be the savior here. Uh, and then on the opposite side, if somebody doesn't know my name, like, a quick tactic that I use is, like, we're both telling stories. Even if the story that I tell has nothing to do with them, I will, I will start to tell a story in a situation where I'm talking to myself and I was like, you know, okay, I was in, I was in Paris. This is from the previous uh, episode that I recorded yesterday. I was in Paris and I didn't have a a hostel to stay in. And I thought to myself, Austin, what are you going to do? And it's like, okay, so I just mentioned myself in there to give the other person an easy cop out for them to, to kind of grab hold and, and, and understand who the heck I am (laughs) at that point. Also, note to good friends, don't do this. Sometimes I get people where I'm with and they're like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And they'll keep on asking, right? I don't, if I don't introduce you, maybe for a reason, because I don't remember their name. I really don't put <laughs> in an awkward situation. Sometimes I got people like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You introduced me, Bryce. And I'm like, no, like, don't even, don't even make me go in the uncomfortable situation. And sometimes like, I'll go through the whole conversation and not remember that person's name. And I'll be okay with it, but sometimes you'll get somebody like, oh, hey, yeah, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> terrible. So, you know, also kind of gauge the room and understand, okay, maybe he doesn't know who he's talking to. Because sometimes, like, you get put in an awkward situation when I introduced my dad to the one person and didn't know the other person as well. I was like, well, this is super awkward. And then, oh, uh, yeah. I was, yeah. I'm like, that's why. Dad's like, Bryce, why aren't you introduce me to another person? I'm like, Dad, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. And he's like, who was that? Who was that? Who was Bryce? Bryce. I'm like, no, dad, like it's dead. We're moving on. We're going to, let's go work out. <laughs> so where do you feel the most confident? Like when you're, when you're meeting new people, is it like an event that you're hosting or is it some place where you like, don't know anybody? Is it like a, a situation where most people know you, you don't know anybody? Like I'm trying to think because in, when I was traveling, like the, the places where I were, was most confident is when I knew one person and like everybody else was kind of new. Maybe I went to a bar or an event with like a wingman and that's where I felt the most confident because I knew like, A, I could be myself because nobody really knew who I was anyway. And B, if I messed up or got in a stupid situation, then I would have someone to come back and like laugh about that situation too. But if I'm in a, like a room full of people where most people know me and I'm like, 
meeting all those people, I almost feel a little more apprehensive to step outside of my shell. Like what gives you the most confidence? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, we, the Seneca County Young Professionals, we do a Wednesdays after work every month, first Wednesday of the month. And I mean, really, uh, I think I'm a little more comfortable in a room that I know majority of the people, but there's maybe a few unknown faces and I can connect with a few unknowns and continue the conversation with the the folks I do know. But it's one of those things that obviously I've been in multiple situations with people I don't, I've known no one in the room. I've been in situations where I know a few people in the room and I've known situations where I know everyone in the room. I would say generally um, I thrive with knowing most of the people, but compared to maybe uh, folks my age, so you know, on the 25 range area, I think I, I compared to my kind of colleagues that around my age, I think I do, you know, comparably better than most people at the age of 25 and people I don't know. Um, because I can, I joke, I can BS with the best of them. Uh, and generally speaking, I'm pretty loud and energetic, uh, and helps break some of the ice kind of going into the room. But, you know, I, I like, you know, knowing the people in the room. Um, I, you know, I, one of my past experiences was that I was a campaign manager for our representative, Bill Reinecke. And I was the guy who, for a lot of fundraisers, I was a name tech guy. I, th- I found that be amazing to me. Um, cause I, I didn't miss anyone, right. Everyone to get their name tag and I had this awesome excuse why I knew no one. Right. And so I'm always like, when I, you know, I first few events, I'm like, what's your name again? What's your name again? And so I kind of like literally got to pick up just names of people mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of helped build, build the network. But, uh, I, I really like, for example, that fundraiser going in, I knew no one and I was able to just kind of like, once I got a name, maybe where they worked a little bit of info, I kind of was able to be like, all right. This is game. I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, generally I can just talk off the cuff and get people to talk back most of the time. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I get like, a, you know, <laughs> some of those introverts, you really got to work for it and you got to break, <laughs> break the ice. Sometimes, you know, the ice is a little bit easier to be broken. Some mm-hmm. people, I mean, you got to like, man, this is, you're making me sweat, make me work for this conversation. <laughs> but um, that's what I do from a lot for my job is, you know, really I travel and meet with alums and stakeholders for Tiffany University who've supported the institution or we hope to support the institution mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of meetings, you know, I've met with, you know, a fair share amount of people that, um, that I know. Uh, and I've met a lot, a lot, a lot of people that I had no idea. I just knew where they worked. I knew their name and I knew we were going to get breakfast, lunch or dinner. Um, <laughs> hopefully all three for sure. Right. And so <laughs> in the same day, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, like, so I've gone to meetings, uh, for example, like in Columbus and not know a single thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe just know. And I do a little, fast fact research and so a lot of it too is you know if you're gonna walk in the room if you know kind of your demographic you know who you're you know who you're gonna be talking to makes it a bit easier break into the crowd if you at least you know are somewhat dangerous with your conversations i went to you know women's reformatory i went to a manufacturing facility and galleon manufacturing facility in chicago been a few other places but you know before i walked into that into those rooms and those conversations i kind of like Enough to be dangerous could kind of break the ice and yeah. not sound too stupid, right? And so <laughs> I think that's helpful. But it just depends, right? And I think, you know, you kind of get caught in all situations. Uh, but really, I think the people who really thrive and are successful, uh, especially with sales jobs and whatnot, are the people mm-hmm. who really can break into a room that they know not a single soul. And they walk out of that room and you're like, wow. I know everybody. I just, I just kind of felt like, I, hell yeah, we're all best friends now, basically, right? One. And two, you feel like, okay, you broke the ice. And if you have another conversation with that person, they're not going to come like, he's not too sketchy, right? And so, right, right. Yeah. He, he introduced himself to us like he seems comfortable in his own skin. 
So you're mentioning that you're going to like a, a bunch of different meetings for the various roles that you've been in, in, in organizations and even with the campaign. Um, do you find that it's easier to break the ice with people and use your role or like the, the job that you have as leverage or as an excuse to talk to people? Or do you find it's easier for you to be like, Hey, I'm Bryce. Like I'm outside of a networking environment. I'm just like meeting new friends. Like, I I guess my question is like, what makes you like, what's, what brings you more confidence is like when you're networking, like with a purpose, like you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, assistant director. Or if you're just like, Hey, I'm out, you know, with some friends, having some drinks or whatever. This is me as a person. Like, I don't want to talk about work right now because I, f- I feel like that's an easy way to leverage. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, I mean, so a lot of, for example, my work meetings, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, you go, you talk about TU, but generally speaking, um, if I meet with someone for an hour and a half, I could probably talk about Tiffany university for about a solid 10 minutes, maybe of that conversation <laughs> in the hour and a half, right? So an hour and 20, what am I doing? And really, I think it kind of connect with them as a person, understand why they do what they do, understand why they went to Tiffany University, maybe understand um, that, you know, kind of their story. And I think it really helps get them open and have that conversation. One of the books, which I don't read a lot of books, disclaimer, um, <laughs> was how to make friends and influence people. Right. Nice. And so a lot of it talks about obviously letting them talk about who they are, why, you know, why are they important? Um, and that's why I do a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff is it's, I'm Bryce Riggs as a person. I want to connect with you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, learn a little more about you, your story, why you're successful, your family. And so it really helps kind of break the mold. And I think with the, you know, the job thing, it kind of makes you look like come off as like, you know, a little bit too, you know, professional and, you know, it's always good to come off as professional, but it's kind of like you want to, I want to try to make it more informal. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the hour and 20, I'm talking about the person talking about maybe some shared experiences, share, share connections. I'm talking about, you know, the family talking about, career talking about you know a lot of times i talk about is kind of like um current status of their so their career for example they're in criminal justice right maybe they're working i met with an alum uh in columbus who kind of is in social services i talked about you know about resources that you need in social services now and kind of the the attack that social services is under by the state not really state but really by you know people and so i talked mm-hmm. about how's it impact your career how's it impact you as a person your morale your employees morales mm-hmm. this is one of those things that really you just try to like find kind of like some common ground and that's why i try to do enough if i go in the room and know what kind of the purpose you know that, that person and kind of maybe what drives them or their career i can kind of tailor my conversation mm-hmm. um and so i really a lot of it's really allowing them to talk and then i kind of just like you know it's almost my little podcast, right? Shoot my question out, <laughs> let them answer it. Then I, oh, interesting. And then I kind of like turn it. And then as the conversation happens, mm-hmm. you spin it, you do your own thing. But I think a lot of it is allow them to do their thing and talk and mm-hmm. share their story, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, heck, they're not, you know, I'm just some scrub that's 25 years old who shows up this meeting. They don't want to hear, you know, they don't want to hear about my story. My story, you know, can be interesting. But the only time I maybe bring my story up is I joke and say, well, I went to the other school across the river, Heidelberg U. Um, but I'm still a good person, but minus that, I really don't, uh, I don't do a lot about my story. It's more about their story and, mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, what, what really drives them. Mm-hmm. Is there any like tactical, like system that you follow when you're, when you're going up to talk to people? I know in, in a sales job that I had before, we would always use the acronym, um, form F O R M. So like family, occupation, recreation, 
motivation. And anytime I got lost in a conversation, I could just be like, okay, where am I at in that, in that, uh, in that thing? But is there anything you like, you know, you're, you want to know something about everybody? Like for me, it's like, okay, what's, what's the motivation behind what you're doing? And like, why are you doing this when I can tell that your motivation is not money or your motivation is not adventure? So why are you like, I don't know, being a, a, tour guide or your motivation is not freedom so is there is there any like a is there anything that you like steps that you follow um to make it easier on yourself and b like we'll get into that yeah so i'd say (laughs) i mean really honestly a i don't i really don't have a uh kind of system or a way about i do things i break all the rules of of salesmanship i guess or (laughs) i mean a little i i'll go to meetings i'll talk about politics i won't talk about religion too much try to stay away from that but like Mm -hmm. politics that's my little nerd kind of thing in me, but mm-hmm. talk about, you know, really family, talk about career. I mean, a lot of it's career driven. That conversation is, sure. but I really don't have a way. And I kind of allow three answers to steer my discussion or conversation we have, because I think a lot of it, sometimes you go into a kind of preconceived notion, or this is kind of what I need to cover in this conversation. And sometimes like you don't have too much of a meaningful conversation it's like all right how can i check this box or this acronym and get to the next acronym and you know mm-hmm. next letter in the acronym and for mm-hmm. me it's a lot of it's like a lot of the conversation do its thing i've had you know really great meetings i once had i you know had a, a lunch with a woman who was almost on three hours long and at the end of three hours i was so mentally exhausted but we had the freaking <laughs> best conversation and i've had this i had one meeting with somebody who was like 45 minutes long for coffee and it felt like i was like ripping into her soul to get a conversation oh but gosh. it was still good it was yeah. tough but it was one of those things and you know, maybe that 45 minute conversation was a little more exhausting maybe a three-hour conversation just for the amount of i had to work towards getting to that point where we could have that discussion and dialogue mm-hmm. and so really no um no systematic way about i go things it's just mm-hmm. more like shoot off the cuff and let her rip and mm-hmm. you know crack a joke here and there and we'll be okay <laughs> but minus from that um you know, I really just, at the end of the day, try, you know, even in my conversations, have a smile mm-hmm. uh, and, and laugh a little bit. I think if you, you know, if you can do that, uh, people, you know, can read that and understand, okay, this guy's not, you know, it's one thing in fundraising. I've, I joke with some people when I meet with, like, you might think I'm coming in here, grab you by your ankles, turn you upside down and shake you, shake you <laughs> loose for all your money. I said, that doesn't happen today. That happens in the next meeting. And so I joke, you know, it's one of those things, right? You keep yeah. it informal and, um, make it fun yeah and so if you're you know so really no form but just the the other f bomb is fun i'm trying to make it fun yeah yeah i think that i think people respond to the energy and like the way you portray yourself Mm -hmm. more than people respond to what you say or what you're asking man i've had a i've had a couple situations where i walk up to someone and i think that it's going to be a great conversation i'm in a great mood my track record throughout the entire night has been like boom 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 i like nail in all these people i leave them laughing leave them wanting more. You know, I have to end the conversation uh, with someone and say, Hey, I gotta, I'm going to keep buzzing along. I want to meet some more people or whatever. Um, Even if it's just like, you know, if I'm bartending on the weekends and I'm like trying to make my way through the place, but some people I will initiate a conversation and it just like, it's almost like you throw a paper airplane that was poorly crafted and it just nosedives into the ground. Like, do you ever get into those situations? And if so, how do you like get out of those situations or, or turn them around? I don't know if you can think of any. Yeah, no, to me, it's like, I try my best to, you know, keep the conversation going. 
you know, but there's a point, I say no point of no return, right? And so just recently, I, I, I this is terrible, but I had to do like an SOS <laughs> text message while I was talking, like, come save me, right? Yeah. Give me an excuse why I can, you know, back out of this conversation. I was at the Renaissance one night. And I like, text, <laughs> I was out with the mayor and I was like, hey, you know, basically come get me, right? And yeah. So it was kind of one of those things. He kind of freed me from that conversation. But for the most part, I mean, I, again, people like, you know, share their experiences, their story. And sometimes if they get a few more drinks in their system than you maybe want, mm. they're a little more apt to share a little bit more than you're like, all right, you go, all right, I get you. But um, for the most part, you know, I really, a lot of people talk and do their thing because, um, you know, one day I, 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 heck, I know I talk too much. And so I can, can probably guarantee you that I've been on the other end of an SOS message and never knew it. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> Dude, Bryce is talking to me. Come save me. Right. And so, um, and so I try my best to really stay in the conversation and, and understand there's a reason they're talking to you, right? They're not talking to you just to talk to you. Well, mm-hmm. they might be, but still, <laughs> you know, they'll remember it next time. Like, oh, that's Bryce. He, like, legitimately cared. And I do legitimately care when yeah. people talk to you because I've had, you know, been in some rough patches and I've been through some stuff where I just, like, look, just need to hear. I just need, you know, somebody to hear my story, hear, hear what's going on. And so I just say, like, so you know soak it all in because you're gonna learn something from it and sometimes you get those conversations that you know the airplane's like but you think it's gonna <laughs> hit ground and blow up and then somehow nowhere it like takes a backflip and then it's like wow this is back into a conversation this mm-hmm. is good yeah um so just be patient and smile and do yeah. your thing and you'll survive you know i don't think everyone's ever, anyone yet maybe not has died from a, a terrible conversation <laughs> Pretty <laughs> maybe the time's pretty close. <laughs> we still got a couple minutes left on the podcast, so we'll see which one of us drops dead first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if if I'm in a situation like that, I mean, with with my sister, we were just chatting the other day, and I was telling her how you know. I, I love standing in front of people and talking, no matter if it's just me talking about whatever I feel like or if I'm giving a presentation or something. And she said, Austin, I could never do that. She had to give a, a de- it was in a debate class yeah. and they had, I think they said, I think she said five minutes to review a topic over, uh, one was like whether the earth was round or the earth was flat. And she had to debate one of those sides and she got up in front of the class and she had made her list of like her arguments and things like that. She started talking and she froze and her partner that was uh, on the team with her took over and had to take over for her. And she was just, you know, she expressed to me, Austin, I don't know how you can just like talk uh, off the cuff and just say a lot of stuff. And I said, Jacqueline, you can, you can talk for hours. I know you can. It's just like finding what you're passionate about and what fires you up, what, what you want to talk about. And I think that's what makes people you know, comfortable and like open up is like, again, back to the energy, back to the lightheartedness, the humor, it can get people to open up and, and express what they're feeling, get a little more vulnerable. But at the same time, if, if we're lighthearted and we're like having these conversations with people um, and things are going a little bit too long, if we're in that, in that like happy confidence state, it's not out of character for us to be like, okay, I'm going to bounce to the next, I'm going to bounce to the next thing. People are like, oh yeah, that fits the persona. Yeah, it happens a lot. And we went to Young Professional event last last week for our end of the year celebration. And there's 80 people there, right? And so it was jamming. So I'm sorry that yeah, it was jamming, right? So I had to jump from one to one to one, and people understand that's kind of who I am. My personality is that I'm going to kind of get like, 
you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes here to show the love and, you know, really catch up with as many people. The other thing I'd echo too is like, you know, obviously there's different forms of communication. So my, what I excel in is probably interpersonal communication. So sitting down with somebody, a small group and just, you know, shooting it right inside. It's kind of what I, the environment I prefer to be in. And now, you know, there's times where you throw me in front of a bunch of people and tell me to do a speech. Not always so, you know, the sexiest experience in the world, right? <laughs> and so, you know, our first annual meeting for SIDAC, I was still a college student. And I was like, all right, I see this. They threw me uh, they threw me in front of 300 people. And I always say, you know, you know, the best way to practice in front of 300 people is, well, you practice in front of 300 people. <laughs> so, I mean, I've started, you know, it's one of those things. I felt bad for the people in the front row. I felt like SeaWorld, right? I was like sweating. And I felt like, man, <laughs> my precipitation's gone in my head. I started freaking out. It didn't work out so hot, but you know, and I've done speech classes. I really excel at those. Done my thing. I kind of like um, depended too much on my interpersonal skills and said, "Ah, oh, I'll be fine, right?" Well, guess what? You know, matter of fact, it, it wasn't the case because I kind of unprepared. Kind of thought I could just jump in front of three hundred people and just let her rip, like I do, you know, with fifteen people, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, know your know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and so. Um, I don't prefer to speak in front of 300 people and over the years I got better. So I did, you know, I had three annual meetings at SIDAC. Um, and after the third one, okay, a little bit more comfortable, felt like I knew what I was doing uh, enough. Right. And so people make jokes on me. It's Bryce, how about you going to screw up this year? And I'm like, dude, this is terrible. And <laughs> then um, one of my last presentations I, I gave, there's a gentleman named Terry Mazzone, who works for North Central Electric Co-op. And he would always kind of give me crap about my speaking and blah, blah, blah. Right. Terry, I'm doing Toastmasters if you're listening, so I'm getting better at it, right? <laughs> yeah, Bryce just came from Toastmasters. Just came, Toastmasters. just came from a meeting today. Just doing that, but it was one of those things. I think I said like a double negative, right? And so he's like, came to me after. I was like, hey, FYI, your speech was good. It was probably 10 minutes long, but you gave a double negative at the end. And I was like, thanks, <laughs> come on, man. Ryan. Like, come on, homie. I'm like, come on, you're trying, right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things. Obviously, know your strength and, and, and understand that. If you're going to throw in different environments, you're going to you know, you're going to thrive and struggle in certain areas and with different people. And sometimes, you know, I try my best to jive with people and make it work. But you're going to be in environments sometimes like, oh my god, this is brutal, right? And so you got to kind of power through. Hopefully, don't say anything extremely stupid or look extremely stupid, mm-hmm. um, and you'll be okay. But yeah, like my first annual meeting, it was terrible, right? And I was just like, this is the worst experience of my life. I was so embarrassed. Like, oh, it really wasn't that bad, right? When people tell you it's not that bad, <laughs> odds are right. people is bad. It is bad. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, through through your experience, I mean, moving up through your uh, different roles in, in different organizations and you're very involved with the community, I'm, t- I'm trying to portray to the people listening here, and I think I already know the answer, but it seems like you're, you're a person who – um, sharpens their axe just enough and then goes out swinging. And that's how you're like getting better at your, at your skill. I think there are a lot of people who are nervous about stepping out of their shell a little more because they need to be more prepared. Um, do you find that, you know, it's, it's easier to, you know, do your research and study and prepare, or do you find like it's better to just go out there meet people, volunteer, um, step up in your organization and just like do it. So I would say, you know, you're never going to prepare yourself enough for what you're going to get get involved with, who you're going to meet. Um, and really, you can put, I put together what I call like basically mini plans. So shout out to Bill Reineke. He'll remember this. Plan your work with your plan, right? So a lot of times you, you can plan the best, have the best plan in the world. Uh, when you go to execute it, it doesn't always work out so hot. So 
I mean, I get enough of a framework of what I want to do and how I want to do it, and then I kind of go out and do it, right? And mm-hmm. so then from there, you you know, you realize, oh crap, this isn't so successful, or okay, this is going good, and you can work on the different areas, but a lot of you just can't go out and do it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't get out there and do something, and you just kind of you're, you're not gonna, nothing's gonna get done, right? And if you don't make a mistake, and you know, it's one of those things that if you know make a mistake going a thousand miles per hour. It's gonna be okay. People are gonna survive <laughs> for the most part. You know, as long as you have the right intention, you know, you'll be okay. But you know, if you don't make any mistakes, you because you don't do anything, you know, you're a bum, right? And so, <laughs> you know, don't be a bum. Go out there and make mistakes. It's part of it, and just make sure if you make a mistake, you don't freaking do it again. Yeah. And so that's my biggest thing is, um, you know, God put you on this on this earth to do something, do something, and then you know, you also go make mistakes. So make mistakes and. You know, and when you make a mistake, the worst thing you can do yourself is next time you're in that situation, don't be apprehensive. I just drive mm. me nuts. Or certain people are like, "Well, last time I did this, I uh, I got a boo boo, right? I don't want to get another boo boo." And I'm like, "Guess what? Just learn from it. Don't get the same boo boo. You probably get another one, but it's part of the fun, right?" And so I just can't stand, you know, I've worked with folks before. Just sometimes like, "Boo!" Uh, kind of like set their own boundaries and kind of put themselves in their own box. Yeah, don't put yourself in a box. You know, what I mean, it's it's the biggest thing is. You, you know, you don't grow if you put yourself in a box. You don't grow if you're not, you know, making mistakes. You don't grow if you're not learning from mistakes. So freaking make mm-hmm. mistakes, do yeah. something, and get after it because, you know, at the end of the day, people people know who get things done, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, at, you know, SADAC, we always said GST, get stuff done, um, <laughs> right? And so, you know, at the end of the day, you got to get after it. In, in GSD, people respect people with GSD, people, you know, you kind of fall in, in the crowd if you don't. And it's cool to be part of the crowd and it's cool to do that. But, you know, my career path and where I'm going, where I want to be and the people I'm going to associate with, we get after it because kind of, get, kind of we all pump each other up. Like, awesome, man. It gets me fired up. It gets me going. Can yeah, I know? for sure. A little little ball energy makes me ball <laughs> energy. I think I think one of the mantras that, that goes along perfectly with that mentality, and that's what I'm trying to live by right now, is you can't steer a parked car. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, man, if you're trying to control your life and you're trying to get better at things, like if, you just, if you're just sedentary and you're not making any moves, like it's a lot harder to steer your direction. Like if you go out and make a mistake, then now we know, okay, we can't go that way. You know, we're hitting the rumble strip. But if the car's not moving, then you're not even going to know where that rumble strip is. Um, is there anything right now that, oh, I, I always love like asking people this, like, what what still makes you nervous? Because it's not like you have maybe you do have nerves of steel, but at the same time, like there's got to be something where you're like, oh man, I hate doing this, but I know I have to if I'm going to get better. Like, what's that thing that you're nervous about, but you know you have to approach in order to get um, to the next step? No, that's good. That's a, a great great question. I, <laughs> I've actually read anyone ever asked that question. What am I ner- What do I get nervous about? Yeah, or like wow. apprehensive, right? Apprehensive about. Yeah. Even I think a lot of it is. Uh, I mean, so I is is mean things you can control and you can't control, right? So I mean, I think the biggest thing I think I can control right, is attitude, perception. Um, I mean, I can't obviously control someone's perception about me, mm-hmm. what they think about me, and then you know, walk away. I, you know, I I have certain you know energy levels, and people are like, oh, you know, sometimes it certain people it turns you know, oh, it's good, it's bad, it turns people on, and it's like, ah, oh. right. But it's one of those things that you know I try my best to be respectful to do things the right way and do things at the right time. And I, mean, I think that's probably my most nervous point is that, um, you know, you're your own brand, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe kind of, yeah, time's nervous to make, you know, manage that brand. And, and I think maybe another thing I'm nervous about at times is that I I sometimes 
you know, say what I want. Um, my filter is not always <laughs> the best. Yeah. You know, my filters, I mean, I'll be honest with you over the years, my filters kind of gone away for the most part. I crack some cool, you know, I think funny jokes, people laugh at them, but it's the balance right between for me is, you know, I gotta, you gotta be professional and you gotta be you know personable and how do you do that and how do you go about it? Mm-hmm. So at times, you know, I'll crack a, I'll crack a joke or I'll do something like that. And people are like, Oh God, <laughs> right. He's 25, right. You know, here he is. <laughs> Thinks he's funny, but in reality, they're probably, you know, I don't really, I don't think I offend people that much because mm-hmm. i smile and i laugh when i do my jokes um but sometimes it's kind of like managing that you know the personal bit you know the personal and the professional kind of approach to connecting with people so maybe it's kind of riding that line and mm-hmm. you know at times i've kind of associated with myself with people who uh, kind of let me kind of do my thing and uh-huh. say what i want and crack those jokes but uh you know you just gotta watch yourself to make sure that you know you're not taking anyone off or, or whatnot and there's gonna be a <laughs> few people that are you know obviously aren't gonna like you because one thing or another you can't control or you could control it didn't work out so hot right and so i uh, just gotta make sure you know not everyone wants to burn your house down uh, <laughs> maybe a few people but you know as long as it's you got a lot of cheerleaders on your on your team and you got some people who support you and support kind of who, who you're about and why you do what you do mm-hmm. you know you, you'll be okay right mm-hmm. you don't need everyone but i think that's why i like about tiffany and seneca county is that you know you really have an opportunity to connect with a lot of people and you get to get to know people why they do what they do and can I see you in action? Uh, like I see them in action, right? People, you know, people are like, man, I have mad respect for that person because they put a lot of freaking time and work in there. And sometimes I get the same love back. Where people are like, man, I respect Bryce. I respect, you know, this person, that person because, you know, they, they they put in the work, right? It just doesn't happen. And that's kind of what people think if you just, things just happen and things just don't don't happen in here in, in our community. You got to go after it and, and do it. Mm-hmm. And you got the right people kind of behind it and supporting it. And, you know, generally good things can happen. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, you know, back to my original question is just understanding different, you know, the personable and professional approach. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to have fun in some. So yeah, I got to balance the fun with. All right, Bryce, sit down. You got to be serious. You know, put mm-hmm. that, put the dress coat on and, 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 do your, and do your DYJ, do your job. But mm-hmm. yeah, so. Can't can be all fun and games. I mean, it can be. But yeah. I, I think, I mean, you mentioned in their perception, which I think is extremely important and people's like my perception of your perception of me is like what's going to ultimately affect most people, especially the people who are a little bit shy and apprehensive to step out of there. Like your, your perception and your interpretation of your environment is Mm -hmm. like, essentially, if you think about it, like that's, what's controlling your actions. Like if you're perceiving things as like accomplishable and like these, these are hurdles that I know I can overcome and I'm perceiving them as like, something that I can overcome, it's going to be a lot easier for you to take an action. Whereas if you, you know, are perceiving a situation like, man, this is completely impossible. There's no way I can go talk to that girl or this guy's a CEO of a company or a woman is a CEO of a company. And, you know, my purse, you know, I'm only a 25 year old. That CEO's perception of me is I'm only a 25 year old, you know, mm-hmm. goofball. Like that perception of the other person's perception of you is what's going to drive you. So yeah, I, I think like, just going for it, like you said, is, is we're all people, right? And so it's kind of like yeah. I, when I first started out as a college student, hitting, hitting, you know, hitting talk to people, right? Having conversations and getting to know people, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I re- really respect people who really open up, you know, no matter who they are, what they do, where they work, you know, their family, right? It doesn't matter. And sometimes there's certain people that I, you know, as college students try to connect with and it wasn't always the easiest thing to do because they were a CEO, right? But, you know, the people that I was like, wow, you know, 
you know, the Andrew Kanaz, Andy Felters, you know, there's just a few, right, of names uh, people I can think of that are like, oh, okay, they kind of gave him the time of day just to kind of chit-chat and have that conversation. Well, I respect that. And there's certain people like, who would answer my phone calls as a college student because I was, who was I, right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, do we Heidelberg student? Yeah, well, you know. And so then I'd be in the room with somebody else and somebody else of more influence would call them and then pick up the phone, right? And right. Like, wow, that hurt, right? You're like, that was a reality <laughs> check for me. Like, damn, I really am not important, right? And so, <laughs> but I think it's cool because, you know, the more you do things and the more you people you get to know, you kind of know the R-S-P-E-C-T, right? It's respect, right? And so people answer your phone call. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of times I volunteer and help up, step up for other organizations because, and so when I ever need to place a phone call to that company, that organization, that person, generally speaking, they step up because you know, I'm, you'll find me, I usually get my hands dirty and I'm out there doing my thing. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of times do I ever ask, hey, I need a volunteer, I need help with this, you know, that. Or it's with work, you know, if I'm kind of cold calling people for mm-hmm. visits, um, it's generally a little bit easier when I know that person and I've helped out, helped that person out. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's not as scary for the other person. And they're like, oh, Bryce isn't a con man today. <laughs> today. <right?" laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's fun. So I think, yeah, yeah like you said, I mean, the biggest thing is treat everyone as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and just know that, you know, they're a CEO, yeah, but then they have a family. Yeah. They, you know, they drive a car like we do. They put their dress clothes on like I do every morning. And mm-hmm. um, that, what's the worst they can do to you? And it's just an awkward situation, but, you know. Right, right. We've all been through awkward situations. They're just... A little, bit more, a little bit more awkward sometimes yeah. when they're like, you know, big, big baller rolling around, right? <laughs> Again, no one's died from an awkward situation that we know of. Yeah, not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Some people probably have flew some sleep over it, but you know, who doesn't leave <laughs> sleep, sleep anyways nowadays? Right. Um, so you did mention uh, that when you were in college and and people wouldn't answer your phone call, but someone who you know makes bigger waves, they would get their phone calls answered right away. If someone's listening to to our conversation today and they're like, man. I'm in my company or my organization or my school or whatever, and I know I have value that I can bring to more people. I just don't know. I'm I'm scared or I don't know how to like start to rock the boat. I in in a productive way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to start making bigger waves to get myself noticed. How did you kind of jump out from like uh, being in college and no one answering your phone calls? Like, what were some of like the first steps that you remember taking? Like stepping out of the box and, and moving stuff around to get yourself noticed. Yeah. No, so find your niche, right? And that was, that's what my thing is. When I was a college student, um, I did some things in the community, in our in our community, right? And so I found my niche, right? What is something that no one likes to do, right? Or that I thought my skill set would be good and maybe someone's already doing it. And I'm like, ah, they're not doing very well. Or, you know, for example, you know, like lovies, right? I mean, not lovies, but political, you know, campaigns. I'd start off the Reinekees and I was a senior in college, I got asked from different city schools. It was a pretty freaking large levy. And they're like, hey, you know, we are to mean joking about it. And I'm like, ah, you're funny, right? And I walked away and they're like, no, we're being serious. I'm like, ah, you're still funny. But I did it, right? And so I did it. We were <laughs> successful, right? And so I, all right, built some street credit with some school board members, the school administration. Okay, cool. And I helped out with another political campaign in another county. Okay, more street cred. Um, mm-hmm. Around the same time, Pizza Palooza didn't have the best year in the world. Um, so Katie Lang now works for TCET, the Tipenzetica Economic Partnership, same thing as SIDEC, just a different acronym. Um, <laughs> she said, let's do it. So, all right, cool. We took like this event from 150 people to over a thousand people in one year, right? Awesome. Around the town, another one, work with the chamber on it to really bring that baby up to like mm-hmm. 700 plus college students, 40 businesses plus involved, now they're like 60 businesses. Mm-hmm. So just found little things I could do. 
on that. I'm like, all right, earn some street cred. At the end of the day, the only thing you can focus about is, you know, yourself, right? And so, how, or some ways I can earn some street cred in, in my community, people, build people's trust. You know, it's like, you know, on political campaign, they call it name, name ID, right? Name recognition. Mm-hmm. I can go, okay, so when people think of Bryce Riggs, I think, all right, he's not sketchy. He gets after it, trustworthy, blah, blah, blah. So, did a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, did a couple of political campaigns, done, you know, off a handful plus now, and I've done some other things. And really helped open a lot of doors and so mm-hmm. and then another thing is kind of you know you, you got to be kind of a, a yes man yes woman mm. right and so you got to ask to do something you know heck i want to do it right no one wants to you know maybe spend an hour and a half two hours doing this doing that doing this mm-hmm. sucks but you got to <laughs> do it right and so a lot of times i would just say yep i'll do it right and you just do it get it done okay that's you know maybe one of the you know you learn something from it uh, good or bad mm-hmm. um and, and it's cool, right? And so a lot of times I did that. I stepped up, volunteered, did that, did this, did mm-hmm. this. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. It's not like it's a hustle for me. It is a hustle, but it's not like mm-hmm. um, it took a lot of work. And I got to meet a lot of people and kind of open doors. And so I found my niche. My niche was that no one – I found that not a lot of people love to volunteer. Mm. And my other niche was I found that there's no political – not a huge lot of political nerds in our community. So mm-hmm. I was like between the two, all right, cool. Um you know, earn some, earn some respect. And so mm-hmm. that kind of help open some doors. So just find out, really, it's like a SWOT analysis, your community strength, weakness, <laughs> opportunity, threat. Yeah. Figure out what the opportunities are and figure out what your strengths are and how can you bring the S to the O, right? So mm-hmm. your strengths, the opportunities, how can you put them together, mm-hmm. make something happen and, and, and get some street cred. Yeah, I think that's super important. And I think a lot of people overlook that what you're what you're saying is street cred is basically like showing your face. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time, right? It, yeah. It's one of those things that, it's not gonna happen overnight. Ain't gonna happen. Heck, I graduated mm-hmm. 2015, right? And so that's three years plus I started two years before that. So I'm here on year year five, right? Five year plan. I feel like uh, next run for president, I'm gonna you know, <laughs> run for county commissioner. But so it's one of those things you really gotta. It's it's a plan. You gotta put it forward. You gotta keep on. You, you gotta be consistent with your how you do things, right? If you're gonna you want to be known as a reliable person, well, when someone asks you to do something. Try to, you know, if you accept it, accept the challenge, you go and you do it, make sure it gets done, make sure it's done right. And so mm-hmm. a lot of it is just really, you, it's a, it's like side hustle, right? And mm-hmm. so that was my side hustle. It really was got out, you know, volunteer, making sure that the product that I did put out and that people saw was like, oh, wow, like he isn't a youngster. Well, he is, you know, 23, 24, 25, mm-hmm. but man, he really, you know. He's not, after it. He gets, yeah, he's not a bum, right? And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, how do you separate yourself from your colleagues, your peers? You don't be a bum. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, make sure you, you know, care what you, care about what you're doing. Um, be passionate. I think a lot of people tell me, you know, wow, I can generally tell it, you know, you love what you do or you love that when you volunteer for something, you love it, you know. You have a smile on your face. You're happy to be there. You're present. And so be present. Be happy. Be excited. Because uh, people can read your nonverbals, they're like, "God, that guy looks like he's miserable." Oh yeah, um, totally. And, yeah, so just you know, that's a whole different. <laughs> oh, oh my god, right? Be present. So it's scary. Yeah. Um, so with the uh, and I, I think like at the baseline, what you're saying is like um, becoming a reliable person is just like setting things up for yourself. That's like an open box, mm-hmm. and then you're checking that box, and like every box that you check, like you're you're building more confidence in yourself that like. Hey, I can do something. I accomplished something. Even if it's it's like a, a volunteer thing where you tell somebody you're going to be there and then be there. Yeah. Like just the simple fact that it, it doesn't matter if you show up to a soup kitchen and like you hide in the bathroom the whole time 
I mean, that sucks, but like next time, maybe you only hide in the bathroom for 95% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I really yeah. think too is, I mean, also, yes, I had the box. And so, like, a lot, a lot of my political campaign, my niche, right? I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I still right. don't, I don't yeah. always, yes, yes. I don't even know what I'm doing, right? So, it's one of those things if you don't, um, you know, you're going to, that you're going to be a little insecure. If you're somewhere outside the box, a lot of times, like, dude, I went home at night and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just agreed to do this. And I don't even know what, like my first political campaign that wasn't as, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and it was a levy. And I was like, oh my God, I, what did I just do? Right. I, we don't got no money. We don't have this. We got, uh, you know, every excuse mm-hmm. the book, you don't know what you're doing. You don't ever work the levy before, you know, this, but guess what? You know, I did not talk to people and I did know, you know, a little bit about Photoshop and did a little bit know about Facebook. I knew about this, right. Mm-hmm. What did I know? You know, what I didn't know didn't matter. Um, it didn't matter because I just found somebody who knew more about it than I did, mm-hmm. or I just figured it out, right? And so when, when you're kind of, you know, doing the thing, you're not going to know everything you're, you're getting yourself into, but if enough, you okay, I could probably be successful in that. Or if you're thinking, uh, there's a 53% chance I could be successful, just do it, right? Yeah, you know, because yeah. if you don't, then, you know, people are like, oh, if you like put, you know, the hard work into it, people are like, all right, well, he screwed up, but at least he worked hard to, you know, screw up, you know, Absolutely. he's, uh, He's a hardworking failure. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I mean, that makes so much more sense. Like someone's, no one's going to be like, you know what? I want to hire Bryce because he gets things thought about. <laughs> like he gets things done, you know? Um, and it's like, if you're, t- if you're trying to make, make moves in, in your organization or your company or you're starting a business or whatever you're doing, even in your friend circle, like becoming more visible or Grant Cardone says omnipresent which is just like your faces everywhere is extremely important. And even if you have like a, you know, 53% success rate at one event, now whoever's there at that event and you're there, they see your face. If they start to see your face at other events, like there's no way that you're not going to get better at these things. Like even if you're apprehensive to, Mm -hmm. to go for something like people want progress, not perfection. Like that is super important. I think that's really important for other people to understand. So there's a disclaimer, I'm a Nicki Minaj fan. But Uh-oh. As uh, Cardi B once said, hashtag I make money moves. And so I make money moves. And, uh, you know, I joke, you know, I always I make, I make money moves, right? But really, uh, Nicki Minaj could still be rough or up pretty bad. I still think that. But no, um, you know, you, know, you just got to move yourself forward, right? You're going to take a few steps back. Things are going to happen. But make sure that you're taking more steps forward than you are backwards because – you know, then, you know, professional, personal growth, you know, the only way you're going to grow as a person is you're going to screw up and mm-hmm. and then you're going to have a successful event. You're going to have this, right? You know, pizza blues, uh, one year rained out, this happened, that happened, you know, sucks, but guess what? You know, life sucks sometimes. And so <laughs> move on, move on, right? Yeah. Forget about it. And the, the more you sit there and cry about it and mope about it and be depressed about it, the more you're just going to continue to bring yourself back. And so just go home, go to sleep and wake back up the next day and realize the bird's chirping and life's pretty <laughs> darn good, right? You're still here. You're still alive. You're still breathing. You, you still got your family around. You still got your friends around. Yeah. Well, hopefully you have friends and family, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I just think is highs and lows. Not only your highs get too high, your lows too low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Gratitude. Like the birds are chirping. You're like, man, Dude. the sun is out unless you're in Ohio, then it's only out like 20% of the time. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, one of the last things that I want to ask you about is, um, you know, you're a pretty, pretty open, transparent person, um, outgoing, excited, happy all the time. Uh, maybe not all the time, you know, depending if Nicki Minaj is in the news. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> what is something that you, you wish people would ask about you or something that you wish more people would like, 
want to know about you? Wow. Good, good question. I know it's an interesting, that one, is an interesting like, question. It's like, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm putting myself out there and I'm talking about all this stuff, but no, you know, nobody asks about this, about my, yeah, no, I, you know, I would say, um, I mean, I'm a funny guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, ah, wow. People, you know, I, ah, I'm still trying to figure this one. This is a rough one. It's tough. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I just I mean, I think no matter how much I, you know, joke with people in this, but, you know, I, you know, I wish people knew how much I, I you know, generally care about other people, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, mm-hmm. that if I talk to you, there's a reason I talk to you and I like you. And so I think it's big. Another cool thing is people are catching on. So I have a sock collection. That's something else. Nice. So I was just looking at my lemonade socks right now. But <laughs> so I uh, I started a sock subscription, sock fancy. Nice. Give me a shout out, right? I get seven <laughs> new socks every month. So right now I'm up in the upwards. Like I think I just surpassed eighty five or ninety pairs of dress socks oh this past gosh. week. And so with the coolest things on them. And I think that's kind of you know for a long time I, I used to rock Nikes everywhere I went, business meetings and all. Because I always said, look, I rock Nikes because you never know when you need a ball and duck on somebody. <laughs> I was always pretty rock and roll, but. I guess dress socks, I think that's getting kind of cool because uh-huh. I have a kind of a, I, I get out, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just out there, right? And so I want to sock, socks, be like, wow. And so sometimes we'll be in meetings and people are like, oh, it's just a pretty freaking cool socks. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then last we kind of, sometimes it lets me break the ice, right? And so yeah. I walk up and I'm like, you know, when life gives you lemons, I pull my dress socks up like this and said, <laughs> they make lemon, they make lemon dress socks, right? Not lemonade. So, you know, that kind of helps and kind of gets people laughing and joking yeah. and saying, and I go, you know, actually, I'm one of Nike dress socks, and I do this whole spiel sometimes with people, and I will be like, wow, and they're like, this. And then, I think just from that, kind of like breaks the ice. People are like, wow, this guy's pretty outgoing. Yeah, he has no life. He's Nike plus dress socks, and so, <laughs> and so it's maybe I. So, yeah. so listeners know that I sockfancy.com. Get after it. Nice. Like, this maybe is not a, not a sponsored endorsement, right? So it's one of those things that, um, <laughs> and I, you know, it's worth it for me. I, I enjoy it, and so it's a little bit more exciting than. Than Nike uh, dress socks and dress socks, yeah, athletic socks. But uh-huh. you know, it's kind of cool for me. It's a little, <laughs> allows a little touch, right? And yeah, then, yeah. Like, kind of people are like, oh, that guy's a little more personable than uh, you know. Before that conversation even happens, so. yeah. <laughs> so people will sometimes like catch me in public and say, "Let me see them socks," right? And I'm like, "Oh, like the, it's all show too." Yeah, what's up? Like, I said, oh, I, and then you know, the worst is when like you see somebody maybe like once every three months, and then like. You just have been wearing the same dress socks you wore at least oh, three months no. ago. Like, dude, you just missed it. I was wearing like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer like five minutes ago and I just switched out of them. So yeah. I can literally do almost a full load of laundry on dress socks. It's kind of a sad, oh, the sad story to tell, but yeah. <laughs> Neat dress socks. Thank hey, you, big dog. W- weird weird flex, but okay. I know, right? So <laughs> that's so, hilarious. <laughs> be cool. Have fun. <laughs> is there is there one thing that you're really excited about today or this week that you want to share? Yeah, uh, this week or I don't know. I I have three lunch meetings this week, uh, and that's a lot of fun. I like to go out and you know, I like to people, eat. right? I always love to out to eat, right? And so that's fun. Thinking what else is going on this week? Um, what is that Dumb and Dumber where she asks, "Would you like to have dinner one night?" And he goes, "Oh, I like to have dinner every night." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that night I have like four Christmas, five Christmas parties this week weekend. So it's like. Whew. Oh man! Oh my gosh, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, yeah. Got to do the do a little laundry. Do your thing, for socks. Yeah, <laughs> you do, and so yeah. That, and then I've been, you know, been working out a little bit more, feeling good about myself, and nice. so I just got, you know, always look forward to waking up at four forty three a.m. every morning and just <laughs> sign, heck, heck yeah, let's get this day rolling. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Well, we could have hours more conversation about this stuff, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Oh, I Austin, appreciate, uh, appreciate you. Appreciate your listeners. And, Thanks, man. And if you have any questions, hit me up. It's Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, Riggs, R-I-G-G-S, 59 at gmail.com. 59 with my football number in college. <laughs> I know it sounds so college, high school-like. Um, but then all that, I'd say one and then two. Uh, Twitter, I think it's Riggs underscore Bryce. And on Facebook, it's Bryce Riggs. Creep on me. Cool. Shoot me a shoot me a friend request. I don't deny many friend requests. So <laughs> if you, I deny you. No, you look like a creep, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put that stuff in the show notes too. So thanks a lot, Sounds brother. good. I appreciate good it. <laughs> thanks for listening. I hope you got some value from that to build your social confidence and to view everyone you meet as a friend and not some scary monster. I'm always looking to chat with outgoing people on the show and learn about their attitudes so I can share their insights with you to help you become the person who lights up any room. If you know someone who would be an awesome guest on the show, DM me on Instagram or Twitter at intro to Austin. I would love to hear from you and meet your friends. Hope to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. Now go connect your way to the top.